Hello. Hello.
uh, Park Hyatt by the beach, the water's really cold. Mm. But mm. they were is it saying, real? It's real. It was beautiful. Oh, okay. Cool. But it was... Um, Sorry, my question was th- not that the water's not real. It's not, <laughs> we it's, I don't know if you have fake water, but is it really, wa- is it is it a man-made ocean, basically? Oh, no, it's the Arabian oh, okay. Gulf. Got it, I know got Corey it. was like, quick dip in the Arabian Sea. I was like, girl, got just it. make me want to come on a plane. I wanted to call it the Persian, because on the map it still says Persian, but Persian is not PC. Oh, it isn't? You oh. have to say Arabian. Got it. Okay. I learned that. Be with you and your, your bullshit. Who are you singing? Jacquees. Jacquees. Who? I'm going to sound like an owl. Who? <laughs> well, that's what Newsweek questioned. Who is Jacquees? The singer proclaims himself king of R&B. Sparks outrage. Sir. I he, love our headline better. What's it said, headline? Jacquees crowned himself the king of R&B and the internet had other thoughts. <laughs> yes, pretty damn. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to shade a young, aspiring artist, but if I don't know who you are as much as I love R&B, sir, y'all know how I love about I'm still in the 90s. I haven't left but I playing look, my cassette um, tape. I did look him up after this cause because I had no idea who he and was. He, and where did he, where did he say this? On, uh, on Twitter? On the internet. On the internet. Yeah, he, okay. did, he did like a, it was like a, like video? a video. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Go ahead. But then remember when we had Tisha and Tashina? Yes. Remember how Tashina went on about how much she loves Jacquees? I, you know, up until that moment, I realized uh, Miranda, who does our social media, she says she really likes him. And I remember when he did the trip cover. There was yeah. a, you know, everyone I hear he's really like, talented. He's really talented, yeah. but but don't crown you can't crown yourself the king of R and B. King of R and B. I think it was smart marketing. I because look at all of us now. Look at us now talking I li- about. I it. went to Spotify and I listened to his music. I need to go back and watch though, because if he looks like he's trolling us, I'm gonna give him that. If he looks like he believes it, then we have to have a talk. <laughs> Yolanda, I agree with you. I think yeah. he got us all he thinking did it. about him. Yeah, that was smart. This, that yeah. was smart. Yeah. But but he might also believe that he said for the generation. That's the other thing. I was like, sir, is he, he right? I what? don't know. Well, some people claim that it's Chris Brown. Right he's twenty four. Remember, he's yeah. twenty four. Chris Brown's not even thirty yet. Damn. They were saying also it was well, yeah, no, they were saying Chris Brown, Chris Brown now. Mm-hmm. I think Usher was for the two the aughts. Yes. R. Kelly was the nineties. But he's yeah yeah but he's canceled. Beyonce is uh, the king of R and B. But currently, Beyonce is the king of R and B. Mouse Jones said that. That is yeah so like let's she's the king the queen. I think when I saw that tweet that's when I tapped out of the the royal yeah. palace. I was like they're right. <laughs> the royal palace. Also our former guest Bobby Brown. Come on, we're gonna talk about receipts. Yeah. yeah In that era, that, what's that? That's eighties. He had record breaking yeah. hits. But, but after hits, isn't isn't the debate about who is currently the king of R and B? But a lot Bobby, of his, no, Bobby had it right. Usher's not the current king, obviously, but he—I don't know. To me, it's like, how do you pass the torch when you're still out here making new albums? Like, can you? Can there be multiple kings? You know, like, can you just add to the list? So, I mean, I think we can think about King of R&B as like the presidency. So you were in office for four or eight years, mm-hmm. and now you've moved on. Look at Barack Obama; he's moved on, bigger mm-hmm. stages, other jobs. So, who is the sitting? King of R&B. Miguel, if we're talking about passing the torch, I'm going to vote for the moment, Miguel. Miguel is the, so, okay. The way he does it, for, like in terms of his music, he stays with the chart-topping hit and album, a Grammy nod, you know, all the things. I feel like I'm going to say, fight me, Miguel. Which Okay. Think? I'm over here looking at what I'm into, and I realize I have a lot of women yeah. that I go to. But when you're the man for the that has kind of peaked for me is Daniel Caesar. I know he's not king mm. status. He's probably prince. more of a prince. prince. He's a duke. A, a duke. duke. Mm. <laughs> you know, he duke should be Daniel. he should be trained. So he's in training right now. Yeah. So Miguel. Yes. But <laughs> no, not Miguel. Charlie. Well, I'm like really going to stay with Beyonce. Well, it, yes, but if we okay. had to pick, she's clearly, she's the whole palace. Well, everything is gender fluid these days. <laughs> true, true. but if we had to really say, because I see it I as see like. how Charlie's not letting this go. She's no. not. Well, she's, Usher passed the torch to Chris Brown. Yes. Chris Brown, in my opinion, said, come on, Miguel. Because I feel like they alternate with, like, moments. Got it. They're, they're both still 
on the top of the charts. So I don't know that one is passed it to the other. But when I think about the men that you always see on the charts, in rotation, always, it's Miguel and Chris Brown. Who else is it? True. But Who I have else? another name for you. Who? PJ Morton. I love PJ. PJ. Are, he's another. Great. You, you keep giving these dukes. The princes. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, King. I'm not I love, mad at the, I, I pa- it was the court. Classy. <laughs> the, the court. I thought it was Shout classy. out PJ, I love you. How John Legend said, "You know what? Oh yeah. Um, there is no reigning king right now." We, oh okay. Um, he said he might say the weekend or Bruno Mars. Um, that's what he was tempted to say, but he was just like open to debate. See, Could it be Br- the weekend? Bruno gives me more than R and B though. Got it. Like yeah, Bruno is the, more the and the weekend. Yeah. Like I feel like that's almost a different genre because I would have thrown Bruno in because I ride for him. Got it. John. I forgot. I'm sorry. Respect. I did. I saw. I saw the tweets that uh, Chrissy sent out. John's up there. But see, he and Bru- they kind of. It's like it's like a crossover. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's it's something a, about it that's just not pure R&B. I it. saw Tank through his his name in the mix. This debate though really made me see how much I don't really listen to R&B, like traditional R&B. Mm. I was like, wow, I can't name. I'm more on the Daniel Caesar. Um, Bruno, but also Brian Bryson Tiller. Yes. Um, who's the other kid that I listen to all the time? I love Just, the internet I love the right now. Internet, yeah. And I also, love I wanted the kids. To, I really am liking David O. Yeah, love. Oh, I love. love. And I know that's Afro beats, but that's I'm who. I'm here for both his hits right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's who I'm into right I'm now. Malik Berry. That let me let me know song. And yes. I know it's old. Even IOJ. So you um, like more yeah. non-traditional R&B? Yes. Yeah. But I love the evolution of R&B. True. What it is today. And I guess he was saying if we go to traditional, because not for nothing, Trey songs. When you again, like that's the thing. It's hard to name one. That's what I guess I'll say. There's so many people right now in that very traditional R&B black male category that I don't think we could ever just say one for this generation. Because mm. they're just, they're, they, it, I think they have to share the throne. Yeah. But what is, and yes girl listeners, tell us, what, I mean who are you vibing with right now? And are you considering it R&B? Because mm. yeah. I, yeah. I just, it's not R&B anymore, but it's evolving. But I don't know exactly what the term is. But I wonder True. also if we're limiting ourselves, maybe it is R&B for these ages. Right. True. You think it's look at SZA or you know, like you said, Daniel. Because not for nothing, my my niece loves Queen Nyjah yeah. right now, yeah. and when I gave her music a, a a chance, I was like, "This is R and B music." Yeah, it's yeah. just really R and B. I love what the kids are doing right now. Damn, I love um, Nao. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yes. just and Ari Lennox. Like these, this generation is really Lizzo. doing some beautiful stuff. You know who I've been stuff. listening to? Jamila Woods. Nice. I love yeah. Jamila. I mean, a lot of these people have been putting out music in the last two years, um, but I love it. So love you guys it. tell us, what's R&B to you? Hashtag yeah. Yes Girl Podcast. Who are your kings, your queens, your prince, your prince? Who's on the yeah. court? <laughs> Who's on your royal court of R&B? And what does that mean to you? Shout out to Jacquees for making us say Oh, you said it so, Jacquees. so classy. Because I just came back ah. from Martinique. Ah, Jacquees. Jacquees. Ah. Shout out to Jacquees for making us spend six minutes on him. You won. <laughs> and now we're because what does Anderson Pack lie? Okay, so anyway, we can go on. Okay, we're gonna stop. He's one of my yes. favorites. Yes. But speaking of singers, I was saddened this week to hear about the split between our recent guest Michelle Williams and her fiance Chad Johnson. But then it really got me thinking about how sometimes we do the work. And we just don't get there. And we're human. You know what I mean? And I applaud her for being open and honest about their split, even with their actual show, reality show about their love. Chad Loves Michelle still airing, right? Well, that was kind of shocking. You would think, like, they would have waited, you know, till the show ended, had a few more episodes. But they were like, no. She was like, this is my truth. She was being fearless. And I'm just curious, for all of us, have you ever had a relationship that everybody was rooting for? And it just didn't work out because I think everybody was just kind of bummed mm. at the news, you know. Like we were rooting for, we were rooting for them. Yeah, I was in involved in a relationship like that. I mean, on paper, everything looked good. Um, he was a great guy, but I, there's sometimes that little thing, but it's a big thing that you need to like, yeah, carry over the hump. And if it's not there, it's not there. And there's this little alarm in the back of your head that's always going off, no matter how much you're smiling or happy. There's something back there that's like, Ooh. now is it? I was away when this happened. Are they officially done, done, or is it? It's another break. 
I believe they are done. They're done. done. I mean, okay. for, as far as she's concerned, because I noticed she didn't just say we called off the engagement. I think she just said, you know, their relationship is over for now. Mm. But they seem like they could remain friends. They seem to have a, a, a friendship. So, yeah. and you guys will recall, she told us she called off the engagement multiple times when she was in treatment. So this may be just another stage in their story, yeah. mm-hmm. or this may be the end. But shout out to Michelle for just owning her truth because I know that it cannot be easy to break up no, in front of not millions a of people. High profile breakup Ooh. like that. Everyone, and let me yeah. wish Michelle. I hope she finds happiness, mm-hmm. even if it's by herself. Fact. I hope she really does find it. Would you say in that interview, single and satisfied? See, like that, that was an S cover. Single and satisfied, and she said she, you know, she was always okay with being that. Yeah. So if that's her truth, that's okay too, Michelle. Pop quiz time. Who yes. used to say, hated it? <laughs> That's the easy one, right? Two snaps and a circle. <laughs> Throw your hands in the air, y'all. <laughs> Wave them like you just don't care, y'all. Today's guest. <laughs> and who is that, Corey Murray? It is David motherfucking Alan Greer. Now, yes. he deserves that intro. He deserves every bit of it. And I... I loved talking to him. I know. It was I so much really fun. T- how many times that we were like, okay, and that's a wrap. And he, he, he we would say one more like, thing. He'd be like, like just kidding. Just kidding. Damn, just I'm kidding. so mad I missed this one. Oh, my God. I know y'all were laughing until you cry. I know it. Oh, it was I know so much it. fun. It was just everything. And then. Okay. That man has receipts. What did y'all even. You, you must have talked about so, everything. All right. Let me geek out for one second. So, again, this was the final time when he put the microphone down. And he. You know, one of the great things about Boomerang, and he, uh, side note, he's on this great show called Cool Kids on Fox. That's why yeah. we invited him over. But again, he has receipts upon receipts. So CVS receipts. CVS. <laughs> Wait, maybe you should say Walmart receipts. Walmart receipts. He has Walmart receipts. Long. I just have, I got to translate what that means because some people don't know what kind of Long. receipt you're talking about. Long. <laughs> So in Boomerang, which we all love, Jeffrey Holder, who I adore, was in Boomerang. He played, um, who was his character's name? He, I know he was the creative director. I he don't was the creative his name. director. So he, I was like, I said, Mr. Greer, you know, how, what was it like working with Jeffrey Holder? And he was like, man, you know, one time I saw him on the street in Dina DeLuca, and he let me go up to his house in Soho, and Carmen DeLavalade, who is this beautiful dancer, Jeffrey Holder's wife for many years, and Jeff- Carmen went on to choreograph The Wiz when they did The Wiz Live. David Ooh. Allen Greer played the lion, and he was explaining how when Carmen came on set, all the young women was, like, trying to touch her, and they were just like, no, no, no. So it was just these two moments that he just Aww. was in the space of these Greatness. two great black excellence. This these two great artists who, I mean, I don't know. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love when Corey fans wow. out. Over it was there. a fan. Oh, it was a, a real moment. fan out moment. And you know, you notice though, and I, and this is just really interesting. Whenever we have comedians on the show, Corey, do you ever notice how serious they are? When they, they are start? so serious. Yeah, and we're coming in like you. Yup. David motherfucker Alan Greer is going to be like oh, yeah. really funny from the jump. But, you know, he needed some warming up. It's he a did. character. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's another part of them. But he, by the time we finish, it was one of the best, like, kikis slash. I would think in the yeah. first, like, maybe 10 minutes, yeah. he started loosening up. I think he yeah. took off his jacket and yeah. he kept leaning back and really thinking about story. This The story yeah. he told about Tiffany Haddish. Yes. That was yes. great of you, too. He actually mentored um, Tiffany Haddish in summer camp because they used to have a comedy summer camp which I didn't know. What? Uh, but I guess when you're in that world, you know about it. But Tiffany was one of his mentor, mentees Aww. in the summer camp. And yeah, it was just, he was a blast and talked about his daughter. But also, Charlie, you're going to love this part. He found love. He reunited with a woman that he used to date 20 years ago. What? So he's now in his 60s. They used to date when they were in their 40s. And now they just reunited recently. And they're very happy together. You know, I love a second chance of love. Yes. And I love that you can, you know, that idea that you know love has no age mm-hmm. you know and i wasn't there but i rolled up late remember and he was giving us salt and pepper cat daddy vibes he was he was I he was, was. Like, he's hey, really cat daddy okay baby daddy so they're happy cute sexy couple yes yes <laughs> daddy with a z That's and it. you called him what when you saw him <laughs> santa <laughs> 
because he was giving me all the distinguished and the beard and everything. I was like, Santa, y'all know I was feeling the holiday vibes. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting when he walked in, because you know, for a minute, I'm like, oh, wow, you're not Mark, you know, you're not Gerard. Yes. You know what I mean? So, but as you started talking, I'm like, oh, you're still David Greer. Yeah. Like, you're still David Allen. So from oh Detroit. I didn't actually, it had never really sunk into me that he was from Detroit. But also a Yale um, uh, School of Acting kind of graduate. So his his uh, started on Broadway. Yeah, his yeah. repertoire is really, really wide. Did he give any boomerang tea? Because I have a special connection to he that did. movie. He did, but I think you need to listen to it. Yes. <sighs> if you love Boomerang, which is actually taping, the remake is taping oh, in Atlanta. Here Shout out to Lena Wave, bringing it back, and Halle Berry yeah. signed on as. Yeah, Boomerang, for this love person right here, Boomerang was like the beginning of my personal rules like commandments of my heart yeah how like so? I how used, so? like remember that you how you know we all know the movie how Halle Berry's character was like she fell for the player type and whatever and then he didn't treat her Marcus. right and kept cheating on her <laughs> and he kept cheating on her and she was like you know what what you won't do like she was like next like you know what yeah. is what is um Ariana Grande saying <laughs> thank you thank next. you next <laughs> And she did that even though, like, she didn't think he could be hers. Then he was hers. And then he didn't treat her right. And she stood up for herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was like, nope. And then when he ca- got his shit together and came back and brought the kids, remember the little art students and everything? She still was like, yeah. Like, it took her a minute because she was standing up for her own values and her heart. So, you know, we all, we don't always get it right. And I was really young when it came out. But in my mind, I was like, I'm always be like Halle Berry. Charlie character. was like five. <laughs> Wait, but and I'm sitting here like I had clear 10. memories of going to this movie. Like, <laughs> wait, what year did it come out? This is like, like '91. Or okay, 90. I went. Oh. I was in high school. So I was. Ooh, I, I was I'm, a babe. I had no business watching Boomerang. So this means I probably watched it on syndication on TV. You probably watched it on VHS. or VHS because I don't yeah. think I saw it yeah. in the yeah. theater. No, I went to but the theater. <laughs> Love Should Have Brought You Home was my jam, though. But when she said that and she stood up for herself and the kind of relationship she knew she deserved, I didn't always get it right, but I would literally have these conversations with myself in college, like in my mind. Be Halle Berry. Be Halle Berry. Boomerang. Yeah. Do better. Do better. Tell him to get the fuck out yeah. and that you don't need his shit. You Keep have your to standards. be the Keep your yeah. standards. And that I always think about that scene. Like, she was like, nope, nope, nope. You know what I mean? And yeah. he regretted it. I the, wish I was hat like the Halle Berry in my love life. I know. I was I a wish, mess. I kind of regret I've were. never slapped some dude. I, I mean, know. I know. All right, all right. I don't advocate for physical love. The slapping where we're from, it will be reciprocated. <laughs> Not like in the movies. I know, girl. <laughs> Jesus, but it was definitely like that, like that example of a black woman on screen. Like, hell no, what you won't do is disrespect me, and I don't care what we had. You want that girl? Bye. Another thing about Boomerang, Brianna Arthur told me Boomerang really showed her uh, what it meant to be a black professional woman. Yes, like and really encouraged her because all of those women were dope. They all had big jobs. Big jobs. These were boss women back in the day. So she said that really came an inspiration for her the kind of job and the kind of atmosphere she wanted to be at at work so and you saw an environment of all black creatives did a lot for us it was really beautiful yeah creatives that you know you can make a lot of money from being a creative Mm -hmm. not all of us have to be doctors and nurses i mean no no shade please y'all are saving don't tweet me (laughs) i'm sorry you're doing critical (laughs) work that does you do feel that way sometimes growing up it's like i have to be a doctor i have to be a lawyer or i have to be a brain surgeon or whatever yeah and then now we were like oh i can be a magazine or creative director yeah Yeah, it was beautiful i also loved how john i mean david allen greer was sharing with us how that whole scene around coordinate you got to coordinate (laughs) how a lot of it was improv Really? Yeah, it was Yolanda, don't oh, talk about I'm that's sorry. what we're going to talk. That's I'm what sorry. we want people to just, listen to. You spoiled it. I just, spoiler alert. Oh, there's a lot of tea in this. There's okay. a lot of tea. <laughs> sorry. All right, well, let me shut up then. Let's get to it because I need to hear all the stories. I want to start this off with a little impression. Uh-oh. I left my wah-wah pedal on the bus. Do you remember <laughs> that? <laughs> was it Snack and Shack? And then you go, uh-huh. Oh, you're talking about, oh, that was um, Tubbs. He just died. He did? Well, the guy, his name was Shaky Jake. I oh. went to school in Michigan in Ann Arbor, and there was an old black guy who, who was terrible. <laughs> he couldn't play guitar. He was like a mascot. Couldn't sing. He literally was like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> but you know, we were all like, man, this is a route to the blues, man. <laughs> I was like, do you know Robert Johnson? He was like, yeah, I do. 
No, he didn't know himself. He didn't know. I asked every old dude I saw with a guitar. I was like 18. You know, like, did you know know, Robert Johnson? They would all say, yeah, but nobody knew him. You know, taking advantage of me. (laughs) Right? I was like, damn. I was looking for the missing link, man. So, anyways, it was good stuff. Good times. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr. David Allen Greer. Yay. How are you guys? Pretty so well. Excited. So to your listeners right now, I'm looking at two women of color with receipts, <laughs> notes, diagrams, charts. I'm very nervous. You have videos ready to play. <laughs> you yeah. do. You, this, I feel like up. I'm meeting yes. with my lawyers, man. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, I wanted to say, uh, for me, I have to say, I wake up to you every day. I apologize. It's okay. I love it because my daughter has a poster of The Wiz in her room. Right. And I was sharing with Yolanda that I love seeing it because it's a, and especially I always look at you. Well, A, the makeup they had you in for The Lion was amazing. It really was. These guys were such artists. They're from England. And I got the role, and within 24 hours, you know. I went in, <clears throat> and I was already committed. I said, well, do what you got to do, because I really wanted it to look great. And they said, well, can you do a costume test, a, a makeup test? It was 11 hours. Because mm. they said, you know, I said, well, go. Let's work. Let's work together. And so they said, we have three looks. We want to do the most extreme in the middle, and we're going to tone it way down, and then they'll show it to the producers. And <clears throat> actually, we did it the other way because they had all the hair and stuff was the last one. So the last one was like Beauty and the Beast. It was like (laughs) fuzz and all like, "Mm, I am in love with you. You know, so that was too crazy. The middle one was kind of wild. So they settled on the first one. Yeah, the the last one rather we did. Now, if I remember correctly, you're normal in the mm-hmm. beginning so so was it a mask you had to put on or what they did they did uh, it was three pieces that they worked so that they were fitted prosthetic fitted for uh, all three of us you know the scarecrow and the tin man and we had i think we had like 37 minutes to make that change and we rehearsed it like a pit stop wow. we rehearsed wow. it every day um two or three times a day and we we're ready we we're ready by the time the live broadcast but that was the one, you know, during the live broadcast, everybody was polite, you know, the day before. Oh, great, girl, thank you. Oh, thank you. After you, after you, you know. <laughs> Showtime is like, move, move, move. I didn't, why are you yelling? I don't, it was like, okay, we gotta go, we gotta go. But we got through it. <laughs> I forgot it was, it was a live broadcast. It was live. Wow. It was live, yeah. And wow. you filmed it, it was in New York, right? Yeah, but we filmed it in Long Island. I yes. forget what the name of the town was. It yeah. was Trump Country. I yes. just know that. Yes. Yes. I would go in like the diners and you know all these dudes are like Trump this, Trump that. I was like, "Man, the bagel, please." <laughs> just snuck in the car. But, well, uh, I want to read your receipts because you are right. You have receipts. Receipts. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Let me look. Okay, that's my. Let's <laughs> go ahead. I'm, I'll go ahead. You do your thing. You are an award-winning actor. Tony nominee. First of all, your first to- Tony nomination came for your first Broadway role? First professional job. Wow. It's a professional yeah. job after Yale, which Yolanda's going questions about. Mm-hmm. You've been in this game for 30 years. You're also a Grammy nominated. 35. Yeah, I started acting. My first job was 81. This is 2018. Wow. Yeah. I never. I wasn't even born. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I was. <laughs> Now when I start telling stories, I'm just an old dude now. I'm like, what? It's like, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to talk too much. So, and you've talked about this a lot. Like, a lot of people credit you for Living Color, Boomerang. We have our favorites. But you had a long career on Broadway. You've done Broadway a mm-hmm. few times. Race, Dreamgirls, Porgy and Bess, Annie's. But there's also Jumanji. Yeah. The Peoples. I mean, yeah. and now you're on The Cool Kids. Mm-hmm. Which, I've got to say, I'll admit, though, <laughs> No offense. I saw you in it, right. but I was a little shocked that now I'm looking at you with your beard like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. the beard is weird. The, she the touch it. It's for real. It's real? It's my afro on my... Why uh, did I be coming I'm in here at 12 <laughs> noon with a fake beard? <laughs> what you is wrong with you? You know they have those now. I Don't know they, they have lace do. do you moisturize it? Yeah, good grab. Let me see. This. Oh, ladies. Right? It's like 4C hair. <laughs> All of that old okay. hair products that were in the back of uh-huh. my cabinet so just on hope that maybe I'll get blessed? No. I pulled all that ultra sheen out and I started buttering up the chin. 
<laughs> do people really do that? They do. Really? I, well, I went to, really what happens, I went to the gifting suite. This dude was so slick. He was like, we have hair products. He was going in all, you know, I'm like, look at me, man. <laughs> he switched right up. He went, chin products, <laughs> beard. Why can't you treat the bottom of your head like the top of your head? I was like, you better go. So he sent me a bag of stuff. And I'm put moisturize, I condition, I do all of it. And Hashtag it, right? beard gang. Yes. For real. <laughs> I had to give dude a shout out. He, he did not miss a beat. He was like, that's okay. We have a colleague, um, Rondell. Mm -hmm. He has a beard bib for wow. when he eats so that his beard does not. It's, it's a joke. I'm not. No. I can't you don't do that on set? I eat in my room. <laughs> okay. It is a collector, though. It is. It's like a filter of the universe, you know. So it, yeah, if I did any crime, they just go right to the beard. <laughs> well, we found gunpowder residue. No. Forensic files. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have a cheeseburger. You were at the scene. Yeah. Like oh that. my goodness. So I think for me, one of the things that really has all these years is that mm -hmm. you are a Yale graduate. With you, you know, you were under. You were a graduate student, but mm -hmm. Angela Bassett was a. Uh, she, undergrad yeah, she, she was we met her there as graduates she would do plays with us yeah. you know but yeah. she was angela then yeah i tell people you think i'm kidding she did a production of antigone and it was just brilliant i was like oh my god i mean she came with us she's ready yeah, yeah yeah so so they it just that's what drama school schools yeah. of art what they should do is i mean it enhances it um <clears throat> what develops that raw talent that usually is there, and she's mm. definitely that. Same I school mean. as Lupita yep. and Winston Duke. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I'm trying to be Lupita. What's up, girl? What's <laughs> she's like, please, step away. Please, <laughs> please, step away. I haven't met her yet, but um, yeah, that was, I mean, she's amazing. Way back when, when you <clears> went to <throat> drama school, what was <clears> the, what did you want to get out of it? What did you want to, who did you see yourself becoming? I wanted to be a working actor. You know, I remember when I was in, college and I was at Ann Arbor and I saw this group of people, these black people. I was like, man, they look different. You know, the way they walk, the shoes, everything, their language. And they were in a company, like a bus and truck of like, I think it was bubbling brown sugar or something. At that point I said, I want to be in the chorus of a bus and truck production of a play or an ensemble. I just wanted to be in that, um, community mm -hmm. and well very soon I realized that was uh, not a lofty goal you know I could probably make it in there but you know your goals change or they should mm -hmm. and they develop but I just do know that I was attracted to that I wanted to be an artist I mm -hmm. wanted to do that I was a failed musician mm -hmm. so something <laughs> I was gonna find some lane you know but something. you still love music I do I do you know I sing and all that a lot of people don't know that you know that's this business. If they only know me from the television show or stand-up comedy or in Living Color. Mm -hmm. and so I do think life um, is a part of your journey is to redefine yourself, reintroduce yourself, restate your mission statement. Claim that. Write your own history, your own legacy. So that's what I try and do. I saw on The Breakfast Club you were talking about that, and that's what you share to actors who come up to you for mm -hmm. advice. And I'm curious, what is your mission statement? Well, you know, there was one time I saw, I think it was Michael Keaton, and in the same, he did Beetlejuice, and then he did, it wasn't, it was um, about this uh, addict, mm. and it was very serious how he was trying to kick this um, drug habit, and he'd lost his family, his friends, everything, within one year. That's the kind of range I wanted. Mm. Or I remember I saw Tim Curry, and he did, like, um, Rocky Horror. Then he did something. Then he put out a punk album. Mm. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I wanted to do. It's just, like, range. Mm. And so that's kind of what I've um, <clears throat> tried to live my life. And sometimes it, it, it requires inserting yourself into a conversation. I'm not shy. I don't, I'd much rather audition for something than leave it up to you or, or anyone to go, I don't see you as that. Mm. So I won't, I don't, I'm not going to put you in this. Let me read. Let's go. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't, uh, I mean, I think it broadens it because a lot of times people have said, wow, I didn't picture you as that, but. What role was that for you? 
Well, I'll give you an example. I mean, a recent example is, you know, I'd done a production of The Wiz in La Jolla, mm -hmm. and I played The Wiz. Also, you know, because, you know, movie, usually that's a, that's a role. You know, Richard Pryor did it, and I said, well, this is probably my lane. And I said, I called Kenny Leon and texted him. I was like, dude, put me up, man. They're, okay. He came to see me perform in this comedy club, he and his assistant. And they came backstage and we were talking. He said, so who do you see yourself as? I said, The Wiz. And he goes, okay. And I was like, wow, I'm probably a cast this. And I go, why'd you ask? He goes, but you don't see yourself in any other character? And I'm like, duh, isn't it obvious? Come on, The Wiz. He was like, lines. okay. Well, he said, well, what are, would you ever consider doing the line? And I was like. Yeah, but I hadn't. This is what I'm saying. You know, you limit <laughs> yourself. Ready. Exactly. <laughs> that was even better. I was like, oh, man, you see what I don't see. Yeah. That's why sometimes you need those outside eyes. I see something you don't see in yourself, mm -hmm. you know, that's greater than your own vision. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, okay, all right. And he told me later, he said, man, you were never going to play the Wiz. We already, <laughs> he said, well, he looked at me. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, beyond that, they, his what they saw was no you sh you can really do this and mm -hmm. so i did it that was a happy outcome you know who was the first person or did you tell yourself that you could do comedy or that you were well i was a class clown but you know class clown and paid comedian are two different things i do know that this woman brought me when i was doing porgy and best she brought me a playbill from the first which was the first show i did and in my bio i have no memory of this it was 1981 I wrote, now this is right out of school. I had no credits. It said, you know, David Hall Greer has performed in comedy clubs all over the country. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. There was no what? fact checking. No, clearly. but I mean, clearly. No internet. Clearly, I've been lying. That's what I've been, I'm trying to say. I've been lying. So clearly. Fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> well, as I recall, you know, that was uh, SNL. Eddie Murphy had just come on the scene. And everywhere you would go as a young actor, they'd be like, this kid, Eddie, he's 19. Yeah. Put the balls on him. He comes in here and he says, he takes charge, he does this, he does that. So that was the vibe there. And it was very, comedy was very sexy. You mm -hmm. know, it was like a whole different, that comedy boom was raging. I really wanted to be a part of it. And you forget about that. You know, it's like, I only want to do Shakespeare. <laughs> I do want you, you to give me a little Shakespeare <laughs> later, but I'm gonna oh. let Yolanda take the question next. <laughs> What's your favorite you? sonnet? Mm, ooh. ooh, I didn't come. Okay. You don't see me sonnet. with notes. <laughs> I didn't. I'm not coming with homework. You know, like sonnet, please. Do you still sonnet. do stand up? I do. I mean, I did it. Well, I attempted the, <laughs> the night before last. Mm. You know, I'm on tour with the Living Color guys with Keenan. Nice. And Tommy and uh, Sean, so we do gigs all around. And that's really fun. That's really fun to reconnect with the audience and just be on stage together, man. It's really a lot of fun. Because for me, that's the one area of my career where it I totally control it. Mm -hmm. You know, I write my own material, I edit, I do everything, create. Uh, so I'm not dependent on a director or a storyline. There are no boundaries. I can just go and free yeah so that's why I like it I love comedians because I study comedians because mm -hmm. there's something about knowing when to do the joke and and all that just in life and, and being because yes. comedy disarms people and who are the people that you still I mean in this day and age that you feel like I can still learn from them well even in failure there's a learning process, you know? So, I mean, the the real uh, key, because there's no shortcut to stand up. You have to get out and you have to get in a club, get on a stage and just work your stuff out. You can't write it up at home and go, okay, I'll do an hour special. No, you have to go bit by bit by bit wow. by bit. That's how it is. You can't, there's no computer that's been invented that shortens that process, you know? So, and as you get successful, you know, I'm older now, I have a, great house i have a beautiful young daughter she's only 10 so i my my life is different now um <clears throat> you know in a relationship i can't just last thing i want to do is hang out in the club at mm. 10 o'clock on wednesday mm. but it requires that you know so that's what i mean and that's harder to do that grind further down the road mm. when i was younger i would go to like five clubs a night wow. they literally any place there was a stage i'd be like you know palmdale let's go you know, and um, but that's how you work and you work like any musician or artist. 
and you hone your craft. Right. So that's the challenge now to really get out there and just keep beating it. That's something that always gets me. Like when you have the you know giants of like a Chris Rock or mm-hmm. uh, Dave Chappelle, like they still got to go to those small clubs and work it. You have to. They have to say those lines. Mm-hmm. These people yeah. go, so and so came and he wasn't funny. I was like, yeah, well, because he's building his next hour. Give him a few months. Got it. And come back. Then he'll be off them cards, and he or she, and they'll be killing it. And then you can say, I was there when they first formed it. You know. I also wonder because there's all these this new generation of like mm-hmm. internet comics like who do all the videos and and I don't know what that is. You know. That's like that's like a uh, oh I'm not a real girlfriend, I'm a social media girlfriend. It's like that's what? Are we still together? Do we yeah. go out? Do we talk? Then you're my girlfriend, right? That's what I mean. Like, oh, I'm not a husband. I'm a, I'm a you know, internet husband. <laughs> like, oh, what does that mean? I mean, what I'm getting to, I know what it no, means, is are you funny or are you not? Yeah. You know, I mean, if I put you on stage, that's different than Vine. Your camera. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Uh, your story, because then you have to put together an entire set, not like 30 seconds. So that uh, still is a different discipline. You, mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. you know what I would love to do? Um, I want to go on the set of the Cool Kids because Vicky oh. Moore. Oh my goodness. Mar- and then Leslie. Leslie Jordan. Jordan. We just went to his. Uh, he does a one man show. He doesn't call it stand up. It's a one man show. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so we were all there howling. I really enjoy watching friends and colleagues and do good work. Mm-hmm. It inspires me, you know, and it excites me when it's good. So it was fun. It was really fun. All right, I have a quick game I want to play. Okay. <clears throat> Superlatives. Okay. Who is the first person on the cast to forget their lines? Well, I'm going to say me. That could be any one of us. Yeah, but, you know, also, here's the process we do. You know, we start with a script on Monday, mm-hmm. and immediately starts being rewritten, rewritten. Um, several weeks, several times, we've come in on shoot day, on Friday or Thursday. We pre-tape and stuff. Um, and it's a totally new script. That has been rewritten, and we just got it eight in the morning. So that's a different process. It's not like we've rehearsed for a month, and you know, I know my line. You're supposed to be by the piano, right? And you're supposed to wink your eye and go, "Let's play tennis." No, we're we're all learning on the fly and adapting. Some of the other stuff we did earlier is still there, and maybe it's been transposed. And so it's that's what it is. So everybody goes up at um, some point. I mean, it's rare that we're all. You know, <coughs> flawless okay. human beings. <laughs> yes, it is Vicky Lawrence. She goes up over. No, no, no. <laughs> Vicky's rock. No, Vicky's rock solid. Vicky's rock solid. I'll be honest with you. Side note: I was shocked when she was cast because mm-hmm. I was like, "Damn, I thought she was old." And she, I know she's talked she's about supposed that. Supposed to like, be old. But on the Carol Burnett show, she was young. Yeah. Yeah, eighty-two years ago, oh, yeah. I was young too. <laughs> Like on the internet, I post a picture of myself, you know, they'd wrinkle up my eyes and do this crazy hair. Mm-hmm. You know, the internet ain't got no chill. I was like, what happened to him? <laughs> he was young like 48 hours ago. <laughs> what? Black people don't crack, but when they crack, ooh. You know, I was just I like to say black don't crack, but it does sag. It does. I say that all the time. I'm old from the inside out. Like, damn. All right, one last one. Who's the first to do an ad lib? All of us, yeah. we're itching to do stuff, you know, to put our little thing in there. I, I, <laughs> I make suggestions to Adams all the time. I gave him some joke, man, and we did that, and that bombed. It died the death of 32 <laughs> goldfish, and I was like, okay, never mind. So, yeah, but that's you have to put it out there, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You change it and do something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You've had some really outstanding ensemble casts from mm-hmm. – in Living Color to Boomerang, which is 24 years. No, Boomerang is 26 years ago. I guess. Jesus. 93. Oh, 93. Okay, so 20, like 20, 25. You know the, best thing, the best line, if I can make a meme, because it wasn't filmed. I'm going to be so uh, good. Eartha Kitt, we're, we're, they were talking, and she was there, and they are trying to think of some alternate lines, and she goes, David, <laughs> write me a line. That's funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's too funny because she was all in costume, regal. Tell me to tell you something funny. I was like, okay, Miss Kid, give me a second. Yeah, it was too funny. And by the way, it didn't work. Oh, really? No, my lines didn't work. Sorry. Earth That's love. funny because I was going to ask you what are some favorite memories like from the set well, of there's Boomerang. that. There was one time Andre Harrell, he came to visit and... He was saying hi to everybody. He looked at Chris Rock and he went, what you supposed to play? <laughs> a nigga from Texas? 
Because <laughs> Chris had like red pants, some Aww. crazy shirt on. I died. Damn. And Andre wasn't even trying to be funny. He was <laughs> he just conversating. He was like, yeah, no, for real. Let me, what's going on? What, you know, Who are you? Know. Yep, I died. I died. It was funny. I'm and curious. all day. All, all day. day. Well, no, me, Eddie, and Martin, we cry with the laughter. Trifecta. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Just us sitting around, um, just being natural. It was so funny, man. Was there a moment on set or during the production that you were like, "I've j- we just created magic"? Um, yeah, but but it was it was funny because I remember Eddie told me he said the first time he saw me was when I did Soldier Story. And he said, I was watching the movie, then you came on, he said, who is this country ass? <laughs> Brother, Who? where did they find him from? Because we all had southern accents. And he said he was watching and watching. Then he didn't find out till later that I was from Detroit. Yeah. I was just acting. And that's the highest praise. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. means, plus he, there's no preconceived notion. He didn't know who I was. So that was really great. And Eddie, like, he also, he knew everything. Like, he had seen Reginald Hudlin's senior project from college, like some oh. some student film and that he had done. So no, he comes with it. And generous. You have to be if you want a project to be collaborative and it for it to be funny, especially comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, you pass that baton. So he let us my character was really it was just Gerard, the boring mm-hmm nerdy black guy there really was not anything on the page it was like yes no this and that and flying to new york i was like well how am i gonna make this character impactful i didn't know and then we went in and we rehearsed which was genius Mm -hmm. and what reggie would do reggie hudlin the director he would direct the improv meaning where you guys are in a fight we'll stay in that area when you were talking about the bus fare or whatever and then we go okay and then we go back and so they it was sculpted mm. so when it was rewritten and we went came back to film it all of that work was in there you understand okay. plus it was an excuse for us to hang out we're supposed to be all old childhood friends so the vibe was there you know three weeks a month later when we started shooting we were all comfortable because mm. for the first couple of weeks i was like eddie murphy <laughs> <laughs> what's up man Damn, that's Eddie Murphy. So <laughs> it was all good. It was beautiful. C-I-L-L, oh my goodness. I love mm. <laughs> Well, that's what I mean, man. It's like I was trying not to fan out, but sometimes I would just spaz out and he'd be like, man, come on, man. I was but sharing I, with Corey that one of my favorite scenes is when Gerard and, oh my goodness, Eddie's character's name is failing me. Marcus. And Marcus. Marcus. After Marcus starts dating Angela and Gerard, just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. he gets mad. And then uh, Martin's character was cooking the fried chicken. And then. Marcus and Gerard were hugging. Yeah. Remember when they made up? And I yeah. was like, it's so rare that we see black men mm. on film, just genuine friendship, hugging and just talking it out. Well, he also know? did. I mean, for me, my backstory was, you know, you have that friend. You always think, well, this is my my best friend. He's more handsome than I am. He's taller. He's really athletic. I'm not really I'm not on a football team. We're boys. Yeah. We've known each other or that girlfriend that you have that you always a lot of times it's us but you know you think i'll never be as pretty as her but you're still girls and stuff like that so there was a lot of that like Mm. he he was that dude in our relationship Mm. he always got the girl you know me i had to work hard Mm. you know and so so that was a dynamic that we were trying to play it was fun it was really great i heard the remake is shooting in atlanta I get it's a TV show. It's a TV yeah. show, right? Go get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I hit Lena Wait up on uh, Twitter, I think, and I was like, "Go, man, get it." I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna be the dude like, "Can you believe this <laughs> atrocity? <laughs> they could have put us in there somewhere." You know, Gerard is sixty. The old creepy black guy. Well, what y'all talking about? You still What's you? But maybe it could be the John Witherspoon character. Like Gerard has become. No, but then John will be mad. I know. John said the whole season. I can't believe I'm playing David Allen Green. He ain't that. He older than me. I was like, John, please. It's the powers that be. Just got the coordinate. Yeah, that was all John. He. Oh my God. Man, you know it was funny though, man. We had so much fun. I realized I want to get see the director's cut of. I mean, a director commentary. I'll Boomerang. tell you something. There was a scene, you know, when when my mom, my parents, and we ate the chitlins, <laughs> they did the cookie in the bathroom. But wait, here's what. It, we shot that scene for about three or four times. It was all improv. Like I told Eddie, I said, this is the most embarrassing thing. Your parents, you know, do a cookie in the bathroom. He fell out laughing. 
he walks across the room and tells Warrington, who is Reggie's brother, the producer. And this is in pantomime. I see uh, Eddie talking, and then I see Warrington just fall out laughing. Then I see him go over to Reggie, who is in the corner behind the camera, tell Reggie he fell out. So they set it up at the end of the day. And <coughs> Eddie kept laughing all the way through. You know that take, you know, where he goes, what's up, man? Why are you so upset? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he never kept it together. I said, I, so I went home going, well, we tried. It's just not, you know, it's not going to be in the film. And it turned out to yeah, be. It was the best part. <laughs> but here's the kicker. When I left with John and my mom, Bibi, I forget her last name. We improv for a good 15 <laughs> minutes. I'm talking about we were giving you high drama. Why would you do that in the bathroom? It's like, hey, boy, I love your mama. You know, don't, don't, don't dispute me. You better lower your voice. I'm like, you embarrassed me. I mean, we worked all the way because they had a dude with a walking block away. He said, stop. Guys, you can stop now because we were in it. I was like, don't talk to me no more. You know? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. Oh, oh my God. I also <laughs> love watching men on film because mm-hmm. you – Antoine Merriweather. There's so many times I've watched, and you were about to crack. Damon was worse than you. He would just, you could just tell he wanted to laugh so bad. Well, we put stuff like, I, we had little props and stuff. We would rehearse it. A lot of times the snaps, we'd just come up with them. Um, in its time, you know, is what it was. I mean, I think the thing that made it work was, you know, I'm not a gay or I'm not in that community. And I say that because we try, the, the real for me, the real essence of the humor was these are two dudes, two gay men that we only really reviewed straight movies. Yeah. <laughs> we, put, we inferred the gayness on there. That was number one. And there was no hate. There was nothing no. about no. the no. characters. Yeah, they were stereotypic. They were over the top because that's the nature of comedy. But there was nothing, at, at least for me and Damon, that was designed to put down or be derogatory. Yeah. And now, what was the show that was on a few years ago? Fashion? Fashion Queens? Yeah, they're unspoofable. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're unspoofable. Yeah. I was wa- we were watching it with Corey, and I said, this is so modern. Yeah. Yep. Men on film. It like, was, they were for real. Yeah. Like, those are the for real guys. Yeah. So, so, you know, it, it's changed. I mean, it feels like that was a million years ago. Politically, it yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things we did, and we probably couldn't do now. Um, or they would have to be attacked with a different point of view. But it was fun in the time. Yeah. I love when you said on um, <laughs> the Breakfast Club that back then, you know, people had to write in their complaints. They did. They had to call, like, but now people go right on Twitter. No, they and go, they just this is an abomination. <laughs> Click. When you're in the middle of your soliloquy, you're like, hey, man. <laughs> this sucks. Exactly. Oh, they, they hit you up immediately. This one guy, he wrote a letter, you know, handwritten, and then faxed it in. So it was like... <laughs> Uh oh, I don't think he like. Uh oh, you don't like. And you had to wait. That was the most. That was the quickest you could come in. Mm-hmm. You know, to 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 say give praise or, and with those characters, what I f- remember is pretty much it was generational. Yeah, it was like you know the younger uh, gay community was into it, and you know, older older gay community were like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I. It's an abomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is abomination. Yeah. This is not uh, funny. Exactly. So, when we first started this podcast mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. we had one of our first guests was Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. And <laughs> she talked about she used to go to a comedy summer camp, and you were one of the comics that was teaching the kids. She was like 15 or something. Yep. Tiffany was what a was mess. your memory? She, okay. But she, would, but she would follow me around the set on the camera. David, you ain't even remember me, David. And I saw a girl trip. I came to the set the next day. All I saw was a trailer. Mm-hmm. And I went to the movies with my girlfriend. I was like, this? I said, Tiffany? I could just tell. I said, you about to blow so, up. Yep. I said, now get some sleep because I'm saying this is for real. Mm. And she was like, I don't know. I was like, she, she would say, David, can I open for you? I was like, girl, wait 90 days. <laughs> I'm going to be opening for, for you. you. She's like, oh, you, I need it now. And I was like, just relax. <laughs> all of that came, all of that came to fruition. As soon as that movie hit, the next interview, I was Tiffany Haddish's counselor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still doing it. I met her when she was 15. A bright girl. <laughs> yep, I claimed all of that. I said, well, it's my story I now. helped shape her. Exactly. I said, you, brown girl, you will be the voice. No, yeah, she was, she was, she's been grinding for uh, a long time. But with Tiffany on the Carmichael, she had her book, her sp- she had a book, her special, 
and a pilot halfway written. This before oh, wow. yes. the mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. all that. So she was cocked and loaded. Yeah. She was just like, let's go. And you got to be. That's that's what yeah. that is. I mean. She, oh, when she did that podcast, it was I could listen to her talk all <laughs> yeah. day, her story, her life. We was, cried, all of real, us. Her yeah. real life. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, well, her, her for real her struggle yeah. and her real life. I met her dad when he was still alive. He came. Well, she told me the funniest story about her dad. When she bought him this flat screen TV and he had an iPhone and he would never watch movies on the flat screen. She was like, Daddy, <laughs> it's a 50 inch flat screen. He would watch it on this little iPhone. He goes, Thank you. <laughs> like, Damn. Why are you watching on your phone? He goes, Because I carry it around. I it around. She was cra- Everything she was, I mean, she's got two or three books in her. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. <laughs> but what is your ultimate muse? Like, what's. Who, what, what is your mu- your muse all these years? I guess one right now at this time of day, um, muse, uh, um, inspiration maybe, someone, it's an artistry, a level of artistry that drives and pushes me, Charles Lawton. I mean, you know, because like even in the simplest thing, the work that I was trying to put in in The Wiz is... I don't want to do just a kid's character. I am trying to show all facets of this lion, which sounds absurd, but all facets of humanity. I really, that was my goal, to move you in an emotional way Mm -hmm. with these characters. So some people got it, some people didn't. I mean, whatever, but that's what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And we, we, it was just a joy, man. It was a joy, and it was the strangest thing I ever did because it was only one night. And so as we went through the live uh, broadcast, I would be like, uh, tomorrow I need that, my water over more to the right. <laughs> and yeah, this this whole, my, my chair needs to be here. And you and I just caught myself halfway through and I said, there's no tomorrow, man. Mm. Let's just do it. Because I've never worked like that. Mm-hmm. You work for two months for one show. Mm-hmm. But we did it. We did it. I feel like we gave it the best, you know, because every other run through something fell, like one of those dudes on those uh like legs i forgot or calidus that's what they call them you know somebody fell a piece of the set would hit you in the head but that night it all came together Mm -hmm. so it was cool nice cool thank you no can i go home now you can thank you whoa wait wait, before you go i heard you i heard you're dating someone that you used to date 20 years ago so we want to know what's it like to date again in your 60s what happened uh we dated over 20 years ago no kids she had no kids i had come just been married just divorced and we dated for about two years and just lost touch um she hit me up on social media and there it's not anyone it's not everyone it's just there are certain people that we encounter that stay in your heart and you wonder and you say i wonder what could have happened mm. you know the timing was wrong or something like that but you still really care for that person so she was that person and but for me we talk about it now there I was reticent because that was over 20 years ago Mm. and I remember I told her when we started dating I said we have to start new Mm. because a lot of our initial conversation was like how we used to be Mm. and I we can't be that anymore you got kids I got kids we're living in different ways adults Mm. and so we kind of went with it like that and so far it's knock on for Michael Hey. <laughs> it's working. Yeah, it's it's been joyous, and most of the apprehension was just in me, and it was all erased. Yeah. I mean, so it's been really great. So That's far. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Do you have that sonnet for me? Oh no, I don't, okay. ma'am. <laughs> you, you went right back to the sonnet. Do you forget? I pity that eight-year-old. You, did you do your homework that you left two weeks ago? Damn, mama. Ooh. She did it to me last night, actually. Oh, really? She didn't finish that math. Mm. Mm. (laughs) My mom, one time I I poured too many cornflakes in the bowl. My mother was like, you didn't finish your uh, cereal. That's wasteful. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) At 3.30. She that bowl was right on the table <laughs> in the same milk, and she said, "You better it, it finish that." And I was like, "You're kidding, right?" So, no, I'm not. Sat there, had to finish that yep. bowl. Soggy corn flakes Ooh. in warm milk. Never. I didn't. I didn't mess with them no more. I was like, one scoop. Once <laughs> I was good. I was five good. flakes. Mm. No, but she was great. She was uh, a great mom. It's just different. Yeah, I've never yeah. spanked my daughter. I talk about this. My mother. <laughs> ooh. Sometimes God the mom is more brutal her. than the daddy. Well, she was 
God-fearing, what, gentle voice, Christian mm-hmm. woman, and she hit me with everything <laughs> in yeah. the house. So I was telling the story in front of Loretta Devon. She went, well, she had to hit you, David. Look at you now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's right. She's right. I was, I was a lot. I, was I love my lot. mama, but once time, she open hand slap mm. open hand open hand but i was a liar mm. i lied all the time the mm. slickest kung fu mama move my mother ever did is like this is when the curling eyes you put them on the <laughs> stove <laughs> so she was she was pressing my sister's hair she you know the little handle yeah, it was a <laughs> up. yeah, yeah. she did a a pressing comb handle nunchuck move it was like pop <laughs> she hit me with the tip of that hand it was like i told you Stop being real. Pop! I was like, damn, mama. Pop! I got another one. Yeah, she had skills, man. <laughs> she, she did not miss a beat. She was like, the whole still. Listen, please. Yeah, my mama was not. She didn't play. God bless you. Thank you. We could go on and on. Thank you. Thank you. I look at my daughter. I'm like, ooh, you got it good. You don't even. What, daddy? I'm like, okay. Whatever. You know how I get Jillian though. I, if I tell her I'm disappointed, mm-hmm. she just breaks down. Aww. I'm like, yes, that's how I get her. Wow. I had a friend like I'm he's just... from like his his grandparents were from the South South, and his grandfather came to visit. We were little boys, and he didn't say nothing. He sat in the corner and he just looked at us with his eyes. <laughs> Overalls, black man, little beard. He went, boy, you need a beat. <laughs> Look at that boy. Look at that boy. Look at that boy. Boy, that boy need a beat. Well, come here. Come here, boy. I'll give you a beat. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> look at that boy. That boy need a beat. So you can tell this dude came from like indentured <laughs> servitude. <laughs> we were like new Negroes. We were like, play the Beatles. Yay. We were walking around after crazy. He was like, ooh, that boy need a beat. That's all that. he said. <laughs> it was look like at, he was at. traumatized. <laughs> he could not. He was like, look, 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 look at him. Look at him. Oh. oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Can I tell you one last disciplinary yes, story? Ahead. So, this same dude, like his mom, <laughs> his mom, like he didn't get spankers. I'd be like, what the And his mother would go, I'm very disappointed in you. I'm not going to talk to you. And he would be like, Mom, please, you're not going to talk to me? So, do you see someone, David? Okay, would you like a cookie? Because I don't. And he'd be like, Mom, please, I'm right here. Please. I'm sitting there looking at him like, she ain't doing nothing, man. You it's got a it cookie. Good. Like, can I live here? Yeah, she broke him all the way down. Yo, My uh, mom would do the same thing, but it would be like, I told you. Put your, don't you, I will. Now, eat the cookie now. She'd be like, I, oh, yeah. I was like, please, can I have the mom that does the psychological torture? Wait, I have to tell you, yesterday I had an incident. I have a nine-year-old. Yeah. So he likes to play with the phone in the morning on the way mm-hmm. to school. And, my, and me and my husband are like, do not play with the phone. Yeah. So he was mad. And then we get to school and it's like, Jomo, it's time to go to school. And he's like, I don't want to go to school. He starts screaming. I don't like this family. My husband said, okay, I'm not going to work today. Jomo, me and you are going home. Yeah. And I'm beat that ass for two hours. <laughs> so usually I'm the mom who says, no, don't beat him, please. But yesterday I said, beat that ass. Take that ass home. So Joma t- taps me and says, because he's like, why? Why are you now saying I should get my ass beat? I thought we were You were the safe one. No. I got home. His ass was Two hours of a beating. Well, you know what? I never spanked my daughter. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. No judgment on my part whatsoever. But she just has never done anything where I really felt compelled. Like, this is my only outlet. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so far, it's worked, you know. So we talk it out mm-hmm. and uh, keep tipping. But I say that because I don't know. I mm-hmm. mean, if she were three or four, she darted in front of a car or somewhere in a parking lot. I may have swatted her or spanked her or yeah. like snatched, snatched her, her up. Yeah. Oh, she has been snatched up. <laughs> Them shoulders you have snatched. been worn out. You know, like. <laughs> but no, I never spanked her. Yeah. Uh. I think if I hit Jillian once because she was going into the trash and she was picking out something. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, no, because just out of how I was raised, My. but it seeing her cry broke me I so know, bad it's so hard. that I was just in that moment I said, I'm not gonna I'm yeah, not gonna hit yeah, her. I'm yeah. not gonna hit her. 
No, no judgment. I mean, like yeah. I said, it wasn't a pledge that mm-hmm. I will never hit my daughter. It just never worked out. Yeah. I never felt like that. And at this point, it's too late because I think mm-hmm. I got my last spank at about nine or ten. You know, I got bigger. Yeah. My mom was yeah. spanking me. I'm just was like. You know, they get worn out. She was worn out. Her hand was swollen up. She's like, go sit over there in the corner and give me some ice. Stop looking at me. Stop breathing. Just, yeah. You know, you, it's too late now. You're bigger it's than late. her. Mm-hmm. Like she was trying. She was putting her back into it, too. And it was just like. <laughs> I was like, yeah, ma, whatever. Nice try. <laughs> yeah. But kids, uh, man. Kids. Boys. Yeah. I didn't boys. know. No one told me. Boys, boys are, are easy. Not what? Oh, no. Let my me tell brother. Boys? Oh, my no. daughter, who she was four, we're driving, we're on vacation. She said, Daddy, she had this look on her face. It was just me and her. And I'm like, Oh, Lord. It's, I could feel it. I said, Camp, you're too young for all this girls' culture stuff. She went, I need to talk to my friend. <laughs> she had this little friend that she played preschool. I said, What for? She said, Because she, when we play, she plays what, what I tell her to play. That's copycatting. I want her to come with her own ideas. <laughs> Not just follow me. She's got to play what she wants to play. And I was just like going, oh, my God. At four? four. So I want to have a play date, Daddy, but I want to have a talking play date. <laughs> and I went, talk to your mama. Who wants a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't believe that. That's what I mean, the complexity yeah, of friendship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, when I asked yeah. my daughter, who's your friend? Well, so-and-so is my best friend. And but. so-and-so is my good friend. And so-and-so, I like her. We hang out. But she's not my best, best friend. I'm just like, it's the layers. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, guys are just basic. Yeah. Yes, no, on, on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's a mess. It's a mess. Thank you. Oh. Thank, you. Thank you, madam. Thank you. I didn't you. provide you with the sonnet. You did not. Yeah. No. I didn't thought she, I was gonna she, break she, in. It's like she was like a, a pregnant oh. pause. But soft you. <laughs> no, I don't have. I don't have it on the tip of my tongue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Special thanks to our guest, David Allen Greer. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes Girl. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere you download your podcast. On Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. Thanks to producer Tiffany Ashate, audio engineer Aggie Ashagre, and music by Gold Standard Creative. Boop. We'll see you next week. Boop.